All right, we are back here for week two for the NFL Say What You Like Sports Podcast. And we got a couple of good topics on the docket today, starting with probably the biggest news, the biggest tabloid going on in the NFL, Antonio Brown. So, I mean, the big question that I want to pose to you is, can Antonio Brown, can AB conform to the Patriot way? Well, I don't think we're going to even get a chance to see that. Because as we were getting ready to record this, news broke on Twitter that, you know, he's been he's being sued for sexual assault and rape. Yeah. So, I mean, that's big. It's, it's going beyond just the locker room shenanigans. Exactly. Like, this is serious. Getting serious now. And and you just, you don't know what's going on. And, I mean, you were right. He may not, he may not make it to a game. I mean, it's happened today. This is Tuesday. Who knows what the NFL will want to do? Who knows if New England might just, Belichick might just be like, oh, no. He may just be done with it. Or he may suit up. At this point, we really don't know what's going to happen as far as that, you know. Now, now to be fair, on both sides, A.B.'s camp, his lawyer has denied all those allegations. Yeah. I'm sure he, you yeah. know, that's just part of the process. Is, yeah, no one's ever going to say, yeah, I did that. Yeah, right. No, that's not. So, yeah, you expect that. And, you know, you want to let that process come out. But. You know, when you look at Belichick, he may, you know, and to go back is that he's like, there's some distractions I think he can handle and some that he just doesn't want to deal with. If this starts, you know, making its way to the legitimate tabloids yeah. and all over the six o'clock news on every station, uh, that's going to be too much for the Patriots. And then you also look at like, they're not hurting for weapons. No, they're not. I, you they, went, you they, saw what they just did on Sunday Night Football. Yeah, they rolled through the Pittsburgh Steelers like they were they were the. Browns of like 2008 or something. They just smashed them, you right. know. So you, you you look at Antonio Brown. It would be kind of karma for just his antics. You know, a lot of people think that he kind of knew that he was gonna be able to get to New England if he caused enough of a stir in in Oakland. Right. You know. I mean, fighting your GM, calling your GM a cracker, secretly recording your head coach. Dropping like a hype video with your coach, <laughs> yeah. not knowing that he's been this, begging for your release. Right. And then the Raiders give, gave him exactly what he wanted. They released him around noon on yeah. Saturday. And yeah. he was signed like hour and the Patriots half. Uh, about, what, two hours later? Yeah. And it was crazy because it's like, it's like it was a joke until it happened. Then you're like, oh, man, this is real. And then you, you think like if we take the opposite of, of these rape allegations, which are serious, you know, but. Right. You know, it's one of those things of we don't know if that's going to affect him on the field, as in if he is going to get suspended by the league, if the Patriots are going to cut him. You kind of look at it like if he's on there, I don't know how you stop them. My prediction is that very soon the league's just going to say this guy's not worth no. worth it. You know, the bad yeah. publicity. Just I mean, just like the Raiders and the Pittsburgh Steelers before them came to that very same determination. I think A.B. is really close for the NFL making that determination on him, especially yeah. with the allegation like this. And this, like, it, it, and it ruins it in the sense of, like, you know, this used to be a fun story. For all the shenanigans and things right. he did, freezing his foot, not wanting right. to wear a helmet, mixtape video, illegally wiretapping your coach, all the stuff he's... And then going to England, that was stuff that I felt comfortable laughing about, talking about, and, like, everybody, like... If he's on there, is this the undefeated Patriots again? Is this? Yeah. I mean, are they going to roll? I mean, look at Josh Gordon looked great. You right. Know, Edelman's yeah. looks great. 
their running game. Well, they did trade uh, Demarius Thomas, thinking yeah. that AB He's was going to be yeah, fine. He went over to the Jets, but and then you know Gronk might have wanted to come back. If they're rolling and Gronk's healthy, you know you oh, get yeah. it's it's. I mean, how do you stop that? You have Balichek very close to a super team, and then now you have these allegations and this woman who said she was sexually assaulted and raped. And then you know it takes and there's a dark like text messages floating oh, around the internet. Yeah, right anybody now. who reads those, I feel for you. I read about one of those. I'm not going to say what I read, but read them at your own discretion. They're not it's a PG very nice. podcast, right? Here. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. not. And this is a podcast that has some concept of the English language. Right. Those messages had no concept AP of the English. Does not have the no. concept of the English language. Nah. I mean, honestly, at this point, I I think the guy's a lost cause i think it's sad and i know that it sounds pretty extreme but i can't disagree with people that say like this dude probably needs some mental health coaching some help yeah i mean he might need like a psychological evaluation because at this point he's just gone off the deep end and, and it's sad because he was a six-round pick i mean he's drafted by a Steelers. he was an was underdog a, yeah, story yeah a legendary franchise and he had to sit behind guys like plexico burris santana holmes you know all these guys that were receivers moved on, and he was probably considered the best of them all yeah you in know? the end for and, sure yeah he's the best of that group and just a dynamo he's the one guy that during was it two years ago when you know jacksonville's defense was legendary he's the only guy that truly burned jalen ramsey and really kind of like went over the top on him yeah and you just see like something happened to him and he's just never been the same. It sucked to see such a great talent. And now you have these allegations and, you know, you wanted to see what he could do in, in, in Oakland. And, you know, I think like he said, um, Gruden said he, that is his favorite player. He's a fun player to watch. I mean, right. you watched him on the field. He was fun to watch. And now, you know, we may never see him play football again. Yeah, I mean, if more and more starts to come out, I think that's the way it's looking. So to answer the ultimate question, will he conform to the Patriot way? He may not even get a chance, chance to. to. Yeah. But let's just say all this, you know, is false. They're false allegations and it all passes over. Yeah. Do you think he could still make it through the season and end the season as a New England Patriot with no incidents? Take I, your time. Yeah. <laughs> Take your a, time. Sorry. Oh, man. Yeah, because that's a, that's a – I think he could have. I really do. I think he could have gotten there. I think Brady – because I think he has to respect them more than even Tomlin and Ben. Yeah. You know, that's, that's the thing is that I didn't think he respected Gruden that much. He might have liked Gruden. Right. But, you know, he never – I don't think A.B. really saw Gruden as the guy he was when he was a coach. Mayox an analyst, and now you're going to. And you had Derek Carr, who was an okay kid. You know that's how Antonio. Yeah, Bobby but he's them. no Tom Brady. Exactly, and even Ben, he had a bad relationship with Ben, so that was going to taint anything right. that Ben did. And and Tomlin, he kind of just, he Tomlin got tired of him, and he kind of felt that. Um, and now you have Balichek, and Balichek, you know, hey, you're going to do it the way we want. And if you want to continue, because guess what? If we let you go. Good luck finding a job. Good luck getting any money. Because if we let you go, that's a sign. Nobody they ever let go like this ever did anything else after. Yeah, right. Like you look yeah. at Haynes. I'm not talking about like Randy Moss who succeeded and then was traded. I'm talking about guys like Albert Haynesworth, like Chad Johnson, who kind of came on towards the end. And then you realize, oh, no, they don't have it. And they right. were gone. Yeah. Well, apparently other teams were interested in AB. But at this point... I don't see how any NFL coach or GM can really look themselves in the mirror and say, 
after all this, it, it would be worth the risk again. Yeah, because you can you can honestly maybe take all the stuff that he's done, <coughs> excuse me, especially in Oakland, and say, oh, yeah, they're, they're, that's a messed up organization. Of course, he would act that way with them. He probably wanted out. But now, you know, this is big. You know, you have those allegations. And now, all of a sudden, it's not worth it because they're going to deal with the questions yep. and the headache in the locker room. And he might not even be there. And now you're responsible for having to, Answering why did you get this questions. guy? Yeah. He's not there to answer. No. Them. Yeah. And he's done that before. Yeah. He did it to the Pittsburgh Steelers with the playoffs on the line last season. Yeah. He did it to the Oakland Raiders this offseason. He didn't get a game. Not a game. Not a game, man. And honestly, who knows? He may not get a game he for the Patriots. Patriots. Yeah. So let's um, move on to the next piece here. We have Fluke versus Trend. So looking back at week one, you know, we're going to look at some of the results and kind of go over whether we believe they're going to continue or if this was just a fluke. So the first thing, San Francisco had a pretty successful day on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, In particular, I want to talk about their D-line who was able to generate a lot of pass rush. Is this a fluke or a trend? This is a trend, my friend. This is a trend. I think that how did how did I how did I know yeah, that was the answer? Like you psychic, right. I play the lotto, dude. I should because and I say it is like there are certain things that are that that I think the interceptions aren't going to be a trend. I think those aren't you know are not going to be. But the pass rush that they were able to get on Jameis Winston, and like I said, interceptions aside, I mean Nick Bosa looks like the real deal. His first game in, I mean he looks. And people think he's just like an outside rusher. I mean, some of the moves he put on, I think, was it Donovan Smith, their uh, their left tackle? They're embarrassing. Demar Dotson, I think, their other tackle. I mean, his inside move just left them stuttering. And then you know his ability to chase down Jameis. Jameis got him once, and Jameis Winston. There's not a lot to like about Jameis Winston as a quarterback. No. But the one thing I do give him credit for is he is sneaky, elusive. Yeah, you he know? can still move. Yeah, like if you if you like you give him a yard of space and he sees you, he'll be able to, to right. move out of the way, and you can tell he got Bosa once. But then you got D Ford, strip sack, doing what he does, strip sack. You know, D Ford's you know, awesome. You have you know it was a quiet game for DeForest Buckner, but that's amazing. You can your best player on defense can have a quiet game and you still mount to. Or maybe count. your de- uh, best player on defense isn't your best player on defense this year. Yeah, I mean, I mean you know, going guys into it, like yeah. D Ford are are big time yeah. guys, man. Bosa is a, was a very high, high prospect. Yeah. yeah, people had him as the top prospect in you know coming out. Right, and he's proving his point. You know, and then you have like Eric Armstead, the depth that they have, and it wasn't just the sacks, but the ability to make Jameis Winston uncomfortable. Not everybody like. You know, not to shadow too far, but you got a guy like Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton isn't going to move like Jameis Winston. No. I don't have to worry about him shaking and moving around. No, he doesn't move like Jameis does. No. So you're going to have to deal with the collapsing But he's got a whole lot more. Oh, above uh, the... uh, Yes, I agree there. Above the shoulders. But if they can get to him, I'm not worried. He's the type of guy that will crumble under the pressure. If he doesn't see it or he can't analyze it quickly enough, he'll crumble. Right. And I think you're going to see that. This defensive line is only going to get better as they gel. They work together. So I think that is a definite trend. So another thing that I noticed on Monday Night Football and was kind of surprised by was uh, Derek Carr. He had a really good game for the Oakland Raiders on offense. He finished the game with 259 yards, throwing a touchdown, 121 passer rating, and he just looked efficient. That's the way I would describe his performance. So do you think... Derek Carr's performance was a fluke or a trend. Are we going to see more of this? 
No, I think that this was something where they were amped up. They were at home. They wanted to rally about, you know, with everything that happened with the AB saga and him getting cut and all the questions. I think that really did rally them to the ball. Their defense kind of helped them out, too. They really did stop the Broncos in the red zone. You know, they gave the Broncos a lot of trouble. Derek Carr, I think, when he starts to face some more shots, and the Broncos, I had them winning because I thought they would get a pass rush. They got no pass rush on him. Nothing. Right. And, and, you know, just kind of speaking up a little bit for the Raider Nation, who I did feel bad for this <laughs> this week after the whole A-B saga. But, hey, Denver was supposed to be this vaunted defense going into the season. So, I mean, he did look good. Yeah, I think that on the other side of it, too, like I look at the Denvers, I think that was a fluke. Like the way they performed on defense was not going to happen. I think that's what gave Carr his better game. I think that when they play in Denver, it'll be a different story. I also think that, you know, people are going to kind of adjust to them again. You know, I don't see him continuing to have sustained success. I think he's going to have one of those three, four interception games where he's just befuddled and confused. Yeah. You know, on this one, I'd probably disagree. I think this is going to be a trend. I don't think he's going to be or put together a stat line like he did where he's playing almost flawless with this completion percentage. But I think he's going to take a step up. He's in the second year with John Gruden and the offense. And I, I think he's going to finally step up and show that he's mastered it. I'm sure the confidence between him and Gruden will grow. And I expect more games like this than, say, bad games where you're talking about those multi-interception games. I don't see many of those. I mean, every quarterback's going to have one or two yeah. throughout the season, but I don't see very many of those uh, for Derek Carr. And now that A.B. is gone, he knows who he's going to work with, and I think they're going to really show that they can do it without the distraction that is A.B. Uh, another thing we noticed in week one, Cleveland Browns, man, they were your boys. Yeah, man, they really... Eesh. Yeah, but eight penalties against the Tennessee Titans really just just hurt that team and that's why they got blown out by the Titans so fluke or a trend this sloppy play for the Cleveland Browns the way they the, the way they got blown out and, and is is a fluke I don't think that's gonna happen to them again but the penalties yeah I think that's a trend I think that happens when you have a coach that just Maybe the, head yeah, coach. and not just that, but not very experienced, and not even an OC, you know. No. And he ended the season as the OC. He didn't start the season as the OC. And the way year. I look at it, it's like I'm getting flashbacks on Twitter. They were literally calling him, you know, Tom Sula, you know, yeah, Freddie Tom bad. Sula. That's you know, bad. you just these guys are position coaches, you know, and, and a head coach is just so far away. Such a difficult job. It is a, a just a you are a CEO. You have to be a leader. Yeah, you're, you're a CEO. You have to be able to be a COO. You have to be able to deal with all of that, you right. know, and that's why the greats like Belichick, they do it all. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Right. You know, and when I see coaches like this, I can't help to think of sloppy play. They're worried about just installation. And at one point, you know, you can't just install your offense and leave it to these guys. I think he's let them kind of run the team. And I just don't think that they're the, you know, Baker and OBJ and Landry and Garrett I don't know if they can really galvanize and lead that team yet. I don't think they, they've had enough years. They haven't gone through the grind with each other in Cleveland for them to be able to lead the team like the way he does because that's what you get. Not good coaching is sloppy penalties, you know? I agree. I think the Cleveland Browns have all the horsepower in the world, all the talent. OBJ, you know, you talk about Garrett. Baker is one of the best young quarterbacks, at least going off his performance last year. But there's nobody driving. Yeah. There's no one behind the wheel. 
that has no. a driver's license. No. There's not. And so because of that, you can't really handle all that horsepower. They're just not ready for it. And no. I think they're going to struggle this year. I, I think this is a trend. Yeah, I, I think that the yeah, it's a trend. Uh, so the last one we'll get to, Ben Roethlisberger looked terrible on Sunday Night Football. He finished with the stat line 276 yards. He threw a pick. Ends with just a 65.9 passer rating. Let's not just keep it to Ben Roethlisberger, but the whole Pittsburgh Steelers offense. Is this a fluke or a trend? That's a fluke. Really? Re- yes. I mean, they played Balachek with like nine That's months true. to prepare. Right. <laughs> you know, um, I think there's going to be growing pains. It's a good point. You know? I didn't think about that before, to be yeah, fair. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, there's going to be growing pains, but Balachek just like, oh, you man up. And we're going to give you pressure, and you're just not going to get anywhere to go. Do I think they'll be the explosive team of the past? No. Right. But I think that this was a fluke. I think this team's still going to average in the high 20s as far as points go. They'll still be able to move the ball. Ben is still Ben, you know. Um, but, you know, it's not, you don't want to see that. But I remember last year, and this is kind of what the inspiration of this game came from, was last year, week one, the Jets went and smashed the Lions. And everyone thought, oh, my God, Sam Darnold's arrived, rookie of the year, all this other jazz. He's already starting. And then that's not what the season showed us. And I think that we'll look back at the Steelers, and this will probably be their worst offensive game of the season. Yeah, I'd agree. I, I, I think it's a bit of a fluke just based on the whole narrative that, you know, they're not going to play the New England Patriots for all 16 games. So they can't yeah. look that bad. No. Um, but, you know, they won't be what they were, the explosive offense, like you said, with A.B., Le'Veon Bell's gone as well. Connor didn't look good. I think he finished with, like, 10 or 18 yards, under 20 yards. Yeah, they, they put a key yeah, on him. So, that's the know, big question, too, that's is, the can question he, mark. is can he Continue. transition? Yeah, because, yeah. I mean, no one saw him coming. Now they're, they're planning for him. Right. You know? Yeah. So, I'm so not sure. We'll see. That one's a little bit iffy for me, but I'll still go with that being more of a fluke than a trend. So let's get to the final segment of the week two podcast. Let's get to our picks. Last week, I believe I did pretty well. I did well with my lock, Cowboys over Giants. And I did well with my upset when I picked the uh, Titans to handle business against the Cleveland Browns. I came up three points for my upset. I was close with the Rams in 10. I mean, yeah, it was, that it was, was back and game. forth. And then, you know, Carolina just couldn't stop them at the end. And my lock, I felt pretty good. And I think. Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid showed why I felt pretty confident with them. Yeah, so I, I believe I finished with a record of 12-3-1 due to the tie between Detroit. Yeah, <laughs> I think I was Arizona. a game behind you. I was 11-4-1. Yeah. Although I'll take that Detroit one as a loss because that was such a god-awful game. Yeah, <laughs> we don't even, we don't even throw that one in the mix next time. Uh-huh. But right now I'm at 12 wins. You're at 11. Yes. And uh, the damn Raiders pick, I shouldn't have changed that one, but it's another topic for another day. Let's pick week two, man. So let's start with Thursday night football. We have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Carolina Panthers. Who are you taking? I got Carolina, man. I think it's a short week. Tampa's kind of shell-shocked. A lot of faith in Jameis is kind of wavering. You know, you're going online and people are burning his jersey. They're kind of done with them. It's the same story. Three coaches in a row. Carolina's going to be, they played good enough. They're going to ride through Christian McCaffrey. I think they win on a short week at home. Christian McCaffrey was probably one of the more impressive performances that I've seen in week one. I mean, he really yeah. he really flashed to me. And uh, eventually, the management there is going to have to realize it's not these coaches' fault. It's the quarterback's fault. 
I'm going with the Carolina Panthers over the Tampa Bay Bucks as well. And let's go to the Sunday games. First, we have your San Francisco 49ers at the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, I, I feel pretty confident. I'll I think ask. we know where we're going. I, I Yeah, I got Frisco. I got them winning by about 10 points. Um, I really do think that them staying over there in the East, they're in Youngstown right now. They stayed on the East Coast. They didn't come back and deal with time. Um, the injury to Tevin Coleman sucks, but, you know, their bigger injury is to um, the running back for the Bengals. Uh, Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon, thank you. Yeah, he's questionable. Yeah, he's questionable. He, even if he plays, he's not going to be 100%. I expect more of our defensive line. I actually expect more sacks than just the three we got because unlike Jameis, you know, he's kind of a statue in the pocket, Andy Dalton is. So I expect some some uh, sacks. I hope that the – I really do hope. I don't know yet, but I'm hoping that the, the running game gets on track. Garoppolo kind of continues to knock off the rust and continues. So I got them winning this game. Yeah, this one is probably a little bit – at least for me, man. I think it's closer than maybe your fandom would admit. I think Cincinnati's a very talented team, but they're not at full strength without Joe Mixon. Without A.J. Green, I, I just can't do it. I know Cincinnati's at home. I think if they were at full strength, I'd probably pick Cincinnati. But in the end, I'm with you. I'm going to go San Francisco. So next game, we have the L.A. Chargers. I got to keep saying that, man. L.A., 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 L.A. Chargers against the Detroit Lions. Really quick side note. They can be here for the next 50 years. They're I'll the San Diego Chargers San Diego. Diego. Yeah. My grandkids will look at me like I'm a weirdo, but still, it's the San Diego Chargers. Chargers. Uh, yeah, I got the Chargers. I think Detroit, I mean, how do you not demoralize after that loss? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean called it had, a loss and they tied. They had that game in the bag. More rookie than halfway coach, in the bag. Rookie, head co- uh, rookie coach, rookie quarterback. And you let them get confidence yeah, at the end dude, of that game. Eckler man. looked good. Their defense looked good. Melvin Gordon who? Yeah, exactly. For I bet reals. he's regretting life. So I think they go in there, they continue the role, and they get the win. I'm with you. I got the Chargers over the Lions as well. Next up, we have the Minnesota Vikings at the Green Bay Packers. And this is where my upset comes. I got the Minnesota Vikings walking into Green Bay in a Lambeau and beating Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. I think that last week was not an aberration, was not a fluke with Minnesota. I think they will run the ball. They will keep Green Bay confused. And I think Green Bay, you know, I still think they're going to have groin pains. We saw the groin pains for their offense. Yeah. So I think that continues. And this time, you're not facing a Mitch Trubisky offense. You're facing Kirk Cousins. And for all that stuff that I've crapped on Kirk Cousins, right. he's still... Right. Is this coming from you? Yes, because <laughs> Kirk Cousins is like a full Andrew Luck better than Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> that's, okay. that's saying a lot. Yeah. So And then their running game, I think, will keep Green Bay on the side. So I got yeah. Minnesota walking in there, winning a close one, getting out of there with like a touchdown, six-point lead. I'm going to go the opposite way on this one. I'm going to uh, go with Green Bay. I think Green Bay's at home. You're right. We saw some of the struggles on offense with Aaron Rodgers adjusting to his new head coach and the new offense. But you know what? He really picked it up towards the end of the game. So I'm going to say that he continues to ride that wave, and and I'm taking Green Bay over Minnesota. Then we have Indy at Tennessee. See, I struggled with this one only because... Me too. (laughs) You know... Indy played good. They played really well on the road. And I think these two teams are really similar. Yeah, I, and I kind of was leaning towards them because part of me thinks maybe Tennessee might be still kind of riding high off of beating kind of Cleveland. But this is a division game. You know, they really, as long as Andrew Luck's gone, they finally have a chance now. You know, so I think they kind of keep it together. You expect Vrabel to follow that Belichick model of kind of keeping them focused. 
So I got Tennessee winning a pretty close game. Again, man, I'm agreeing with you too much on this one. I'm going with Tennessee as well. I think it's really close, but in the end, I, I think Tennessee's just going to ride the momentum. I think momentum is real. Uh, then we have my lock. I'm just going to give you that one. My lock of the probably the, the whole damn season. New England at Miami. I'm taking New England. Funny, it's my lock too. I wonder why we have the same lock, lock. for this one. It's so interesting. And you know what's crazy is that New England's had trouble with Miami in Miami at times, but not this time. No, no. I don't. And I you don't know what's also, so. just thought about it, Belichick also always has trouble facing former coordinators his first time around. And still, I will not pick them to even come close to New England. Yeah. If, you know, we talked about AB, if he is managing to be on the field and they have AB and Gordon and, you know, Edelman, I don't, I mean, Lamar Jackson looked like, combination of montana michael vick so i mean what's brady gonna do to them i got them big me too uh then also another afc east team we have the buffalo bills traveling to new york to take on the giants and i got the buffalo bills i just think that their defense i mean i think their defense is right there maybe even a little better than dallas's and i think that they're just gonna put the same amount of pressure on eli manning and the book is out on the giants just make Manning beat you. Yeah, yeah, that worked for the Cowboys. Um, I'm going to agree. I'm going to go with Buffalo. And this one was tough for me. I think I, I mentioned before that this is really tough. I can see this game being really close. But in the end, at least Buffalo is, I think, a, a very well-oiled machine on the defensive side of the ball. So I'm going to give them the edge just based on that. Then we have Seattle at Pittsburgh. Man, this one, I literally still don't have anything on here for my picks. But you know what? I'm going to go Pittsburgh. I don't think they lay an egg at home. I'd be really shocked if they... This would be really a bad yeah. start to their season. You're if taking they, the words right out of my mouth. That's exactly what I think. Is, is like, you're 0-2 and you've lost to New England and Seattle. I just I think that Pittsburgh rallies. I think their defense will fluster, you know, Wilson enough. And their offensive line should be able to keep that... Seattle defense at bay long enough for them to make some plays. I look for Ben to bounce back. Yeah, and for me, Seattle struggled at home with Cincinnati. So, you know what? I think think Cincinnati's not quite in the class of Pittsburgh. So, I'm going to go with Pittsburgh at home as well. And then we have Dallas at the Washington Redskins. And as much as it pains my soul to do it twice in a row, I got Dallas. You're going to do it three weeks in a row, too. But, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's wait for that, Just, that comedy fest. Okay. Yeah, so I, I'm taking Dallas over Washington. I think this game's going to be a lot closer than most people are thinking because Washington really, that defense has really been tailor-made to stop the Dallas Cowboys' run-oriented uh, you know, offense. But after what I've seen in the passing game with Dallas last week, i, I got to give the edge to Dallas. Yeah, uh, I agree. Then we have Arizona at Baltimore. Oh, Baltimore big. They yeah. won't they won't do what, what Detroit did. I expect Baltimore to, to get a lead, to keep a lead, and to just I don't think that Lamar Jackson's gonna look that good again. No. But I think he'll look good enough for them to secure a pretty easy win. No. And you know what? I would make this game my lock if it wasn't for the Patriots playing Miami. Yeah. So I'm going Baltimore as well. Then we have Jacksonville at Houston. And I got Houston. I think that part of me is like they have to be a little shell-shocked, but when you're starting Gardner Minchu, 
something like that. I mean, yeah. that Foles injury is yeah, going to kill this them. team. But have you seen Gardner Minshew? Dude's got a mustache, though, dude. Oh, yeah. well, you know. If mustaches were counted as wins, they'd have few rings now. Ooh. Yeah, that dude's... He looks older than Brady. Does and he? He's, yes, and he can be Brady's son. <laughs> I Kay. believe it, man. So, I got Houston. They bounce back. I mean, I don't think... Uh, it's going to be interesting because you do have, you know, Ramsey against Nuke, which is going to be yeah. awesome. But I think that Deshaun Watson kind of carries the day for them. Yeah, I think they'll bounce back, and I expect them to beat Jacksonville. It should be a good game, though. Mm. Uh, I got Houston as well. Then we have Kansas City at Oakland. Now, this was almost my lock right here because for as great as Oakland felt one week, this week they're not going to feel that great. You've got the league MVP. Still looks like he's the league MVP. Yeah. And you've got Andy Reid and those weapons. I mean, they lose Tyree Kill, and it doesn't even look like they skip a step. No. You know, I mean, it, it, this this offense is amazing. The defense may have question marks, but I don't think Oakland's going to be able to do what they did to Denver. And also, man, Kansas City owns the AFC West. They own the AFC yeah. West. Ever since in this whole Andy Reid era, they've only lost a handful of times. Yeah, I mean, they kind of own that. So I'm going to go with Kansas City as well. Then here's my upset of the week. I'm going to pick Denver over Chicago. And you know what? I have to agree with you. Uh, this is, trust us. This is going to get more divisive as the season rolls on. Right yeah. now, you know, week two, everyone's getting their feet wet. Coaches, players, us too. But, yeah, I've got Denver because, and I don't know why I've got Denver. You know, I think I, I was heavy on the Denver bandwagon. I believed in the tools. I just thought Joe Flacco would be a normal human, uh, excuse me, a normal quarterback. And he wasn't. No. No. That was foolish. That was, yes, that was foolish of me. I will take that out. Um but I still think that Trubisky's going to have trouble. Yeah, I remember Fangio's dealt with Trubisky. Right. You know, he knows right. the ins and he outs does. of him. He knows the ins and outs of Nagy. I think Gruner. Von Miller's going to be on a mission to prove it, especially it's Von Miller versus Khalil Mack, you know? Yeah. So Von Miller's going to be on a mission to kind of redeem himself from that Oakland game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I got them winning like a 3-2 to two game. He's going to want his pop a 3-2 to two game. That's a good one, man. Yeah, I'll take Denver. Uh, New Orleans at the L.A. Rams. Oh, man, this is a close one, but I got New Orleans. I just think Drew Brees, you know, they kind of keep it rolling. There's some revenge factor, um, and I just think, I don't know, I kind of see the Rams kind of had a little bit of issue. They're coming back from, you know, Carolina. I got New Orleans winning this one by a touchdown. Yeah, I'm going to go the opposite way. I'm going to pick the LA Rams. The Rams are at home. And although I did think about picking New Orleans because I think they'll be extra motivated after the call in the NFC Championship game last year, I just think New Orleans is, is primed to take a step back. And I think the Rams are, are not. You know, I think the Rams are going to continue to to improve. Maybe not have a better record than last year, but I, I, I consider them to be a team that is still a top team in the NFC, a, a true contender. So I'm going L.A. And then the last game for Sunday, we have the Philadelphia Eagles at the Atlanta Falcons in a battle of the birds. Oh, I got Philly. I think, oh, you know, they started off slow. You know, I mean, they let, yeah, what, they did. They let Washington get 17 up on them. Yeah. And then they roared back and they didn't stop. Yeah. You know, and, and I like Atlanta, but I just... And, and the, you got the dome and the sounds, but I think Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey. They might pump up a little bit of that crowd noise on Yeah, there. I might put it to 11. Yeah. But I still think that I like the team. I like uh, the Eagles' offense to kind of just weather away and overpower the Falcons' defense. Yeah, and for as much as I want to pick Atlanta, because I really am a fan of Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, 
I just can't. And I'm not a fan of Philadelphia, but Philadelphia is the more talented team all the way around. So I'll pick Philadelphia in this one. And then last and maybe least, the Monday night football game between the Cleveland Browns and the New York Jets. Ugh. Um, I'm going to go Cleveland simply because of just the talent. And this is where, like, the coaches aren't really going to matter in terms of, like, a coaching edge. I just don't trust Gase. I've never been a big Gase fan. He made his name off being Peyton Manning's OC. That's like making your name off of being Arnold Schwarzenegger's personal trainer. Yeah. You know, yeah, sure, buddy. So, I mean, I think Cleveland writes the ship. They go into New York and they get the win. Yeah, I'm with you on that one, too. I'm going to take Cleveland over the Jets. And so those are going to do it for the picks for week two. We'll come back next week, see what we got right, see what we got wrong. So, guys, thanks for tuning in this week. We'll be back at it in week three.